0: Good day, everybody, and welcome back to our weekly podcast with the latest news from Europe and the Mediterranean on politics and migration. This time, Turkey, Russia, and Ukraine. On July the 20th, Turkish drones hit a resort area in the town of Zako in Iraqi Kurdistan, near the border with Turkey. In the bombing, eight people lost their lives and 23 were injured. In the past seven months of attacks on Iraqi soil, the Turkish state has killed 28 civilians. While in Iraq there is no doubt about Turkey's responsibility for the massacre of civilians in Zako, the Turkish Foreign Minister denies involvement and the German government demands clarification of the circumstances of the attack. Instead, Ankara is blaming the PKK PKK, and the Kurdish terrorists which is why Ankara's troops would be in northern Iraq involved in, I quote, operations of national security. As usual, the West is appalled by the deaths caused by Putin and Russia, but shuts a blind eye on the ones caused by its newly found ally Erdogan. Last Friday also, Ukraine and Russia have agreed on a deal that would allow the resumption vital grain exports from Ukrainian Black Sea ports, a major diplomatic breakthrough aimed at easing a global food crisis sparked by the war. Ministers from both countries signed an agreement brokered by the United Nations and Turkey in Istanbul on resuming the grain shipments. Russians and Ukrainians committed to respecting shipping lanes free of military activity in the Black Sea. Under the agreement, if demining is required, it will have to be carried out by a third country. Details of the third party have not yet been specified. From Ukraine, the ships will be escorted by Ukrainian vessels, probably military, leading the way out of Ukrainian territorial waters. The agreement would be signed for four months and automatically renewed, if 20 to 25 tons of grain are currently outstanding in silos in Ukrainian ports and at a rate of 8 tons evacuated per month, this four-month period should be enough to clear the stocks. On the 24th of July, though, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky denounced Saturday's strike on the Odessa port. That came just one day after the warring sides struck the deal to resume exports blocked by the conflict. He named it Russian barbarism. Turkey helped broker the accord and said, after the double cruise missile attacks, that it had received assurances from Moscow that Russian forces were not responsible. On Sunday, though, the Kremlin has admitted the rocket attack on the port city of Odessa. Accordingly, a Ukrainian warship is said to have been hit. The government in Kiev sees the contract on the resumption of grain deliveries at risk. Kiev has called the Russian cynical attack on the Odessa port a spit in the face against the deal brokered by Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan and the United Nations Chief Antonio Guterres to secure the safe passage of millions tons of grain blocked by the conflict. Ukraine said preparations are still underway to resume grain transport, though. Russia said on Sunday that its missile barrage on an Ukrainian port key to the the freshly inked grain export deal had targeted military infrastructure at the facility after the attack sparked an outcry from Ukraine and its allies. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov visited Egypt, which has so far taken a neutral position in the Russian war in Ukraine. With talks in Cairo, Lavrov wants to counteract Russia's diplomatic isolation and sanctions by the West. According to a report by the Russian state broadcaster um, RT, apart from Egypt, Lavrov also wants to visit Ethiopia, Uganda and the Democratic Republic of Congo during his trip to Africa. African countries are among the hardest hit by the fallout from the Russian war in Ukraine. Egypt has close ties with both Moscow and the West. In recent years, Egyptian President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi and Russian President Vladimir Putin have significantly strengthened bilateral relations. Egypt is one of the largest importers of wheat, with large amounts coming from Russia and Ukraine. On Tunisia, seats are open for the referendum on the new constitution. Nine million citizens are called to vote. The seats for the popular referendum on the new constitution wanted by President Kaye Sayed have opened. The more than 9 million citizens called to vote will simply have to say whether or not they approve of the text proposed by Sayed. There is no quorum, so the charter will pass with a yes majority of the votes cast, the Electoral Commission specified. The turnout rate will in fact be the main unknown factor in this vote. The new constitution, if approved, will grant ample powers to the president, will exercise uh, the function with um, the help of a government and will also have a strong influence on the legislative and judiciary. So not only the executive. Precisely for this reason, the opposition and civil society have expressed fears of an authoritarian drift in the country since its, pub- uh, since its um, proposal and urge not to go to the polls vote no on the other hand the missions of international observers are also few that of the african union the arab league and the um, carter center the official results will be announced between the 26th and the 27th of july and with this last piece of news we thank you so much for your attention